1: over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley, it doesn't get any better
3: than that. Unleash the Fury! If you know Ron Wolfley, you know that he has his morning radio show for one reason and one reason only. I
0: don't want to hear it, Paul.
3: So he can spend the rest of his day, day trading, on Wall Street. <laughs> he's got his Robin Hood account, he's trading GameStop, you know. I mean, He'll he's just me. he's all in he's all in with it and i bring that up here off the top because we're sort of at that point now in the preseason where i think far too much is being read into the month of august and we all know that the preseason is like the stock market where past performance does not guarantee future (laughs) results so let's all keep that in mind because we've got a big hour straight ahead on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford paul calvisi here Ron Wolfley there.
0: So Paulie, what are you saying? You're not feeling you're not feeling this game coming up here. You think uh, I don't know, Hurricane Ida, or is it Tropical Storm Ida, Paul might might actually wipe the whole thing out? Or <laughs> that
3: is able- sort of what I'm saying. You're feeling me, Wolf. You're feeling me. I'm looking into my crystal football and I'm saying it's a cloudy forecast at best. I mean, you don't know what's coming next. Look at the Cardinals next to opponents. The Saints dealing with Tropical Storm Ida. You don't even know if there is going to be a game on saturday right uh, and, and by the way wolf no sleeping in till noon there might be an afternoon kickoff we'll see about that so you better <laughs> you better just you know with your martini friday Shut you up, better be aware on that one it. it's and not,
0: not, then never the night before a game paul and you <laughs> the, know that
3: think about week one against the titans uh now tennessee's dealing with a coronavirus outbreak that's grown to nine people including the starting quarterback and the head coach what is going
0: on with tennessee honestly what are the tennessee titans doing? what what do they do they all have a sing-along or something like that after every practice i what what are they doing paul The spittles flying through the air with the tennessee titans i have no idea they had all sorts of problems with this in 2020 remember
3: The only thing worse that I've heard in terms of, like, motivation or whatever you're talking about with this song was what the Dallas Cowboys did (laughs) off the top of training camp and Mike McCarthy with his mojo moment playing a clip from Austin Powers circa 1999 when half the guys in the room weren't even born. I mean, it just – so that went over like a lead balloon. So once again, Wolf, you just don't know what's coming next. I mean, based on what we've seen, the uh, Cards Camp 2021, which just wrapped earlier today – Uh, I mean, this is about as solid and concrete as you're going to get based on some of these other fluid situations. And moments away, we're going to talk to Eno Benjamin. Dave Pash will be on board. We're going to talk to Eno Benjamin, one of the standouts of camp. As uh, We got some news today as camp wrapped up. I mean, Wolf, well, you walk around town, people ask you at Cards Camp, but what are some of your big takeaways now that it's in the books?
0: Yeah, you know what, Paulie? The lack of physicality for the most part, that is the first thing that I look at, and yet it reinforces the belief, the knowledge that I have in regard to the game of football, the biggest change in this game by far and away is how you prepare a human being to play in an NFL game. It's just not the way that it used to be. I Listen, Paulie, you know, I don't want to be the old guy standing on the lawn. Get off my lawn, boy! You know, I don't want to be that guy whatsoever. the The rules of the game are changing. There's no doubt about that. And once again, knowing that the way you prepare a human being to play in an NFL game has changed the most. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the best way to get anyone prepared anymore. But for me, a guy that came up through the era I did in 1985 to 95, it is almost unthinkable. Polly, it makes me break out in hives, as a matter of fact, when I start thinking of going out and playing a regular season game without taking one live rep in practice. You know, no scrimmage no live reps no preseason games now i know you could say well they did that last year yeah they did the arizona cardinals but you know what other teams they were practicing against each other with a little bit of physicality from time to time so you know what we're
3: so conditioned though to these uh, light camps that, for example, when the Cardinals went against Kansas City and you saw Travis Kelsey, the All-Pro tight end, still in the game late second quarter. I mean, I was shocked just to witness something like that because it's so seldom it's so rare these days that you ever see anything like that. And with that in mind, Wolf, Cliff Kingsbury was asked today if we're going to see his starting quarterback Kyla Murray on Saturday night at New Orleans.
4: He will not play. He's ready to go. Yeah, he's ready to go. He's A very good quarterback. He made the Pro Bowl last year, and I feel very confident in his abilities this year.
3: Okay, I don't want to go off on a rant here. Yeah, Uh, um, But if Kyler does play, because there seems to be a lot of consternation, a lot of boxers getting (laughs) bunged around here, whether Kyler's going to play, even if he did play. Can you pass
0: an iron ball so I can (laughs) flat mine
3: out, please? This this is where we're going to disagree yet again. There's very little that we agree on, and, and this is another area. Because to me, if Kyler plays... What does that prove? Yeah. Let's, let's say he goes out there and he throttles a vanilla scheme by the Saints full of twos and threes. <laughs> what does that prove? What does that really I, I do for him?
0: I don't know, Paulie. I just know that, honestly, right now, after taking nine snaps and looking at the three possessions previously, maybe, I don't know, Paul, maybe they pick up a first down. Maybe they actually have positive yardage. Something like that. I, I, If I was Kyler Murray, Paul, I'm serious. I... I I would want to play. I think I would want some reps. Okay, now listen. I this is not going to make a difference. But think about this: Were there any preseason games last year, Paulie? Were there any pre- zero? Okay, zero, zero
3: point zero.
0: Yeah, I would say that Kyler Murray came out of the shoot pretty pretty well, and I think yeah. the Arizona Cardinals did at two and zero. As a matter of fact, beating the 49ers in Week One, he was twenty six of forty, Paulie. For 230 yards, he did throw a pick, but he also threw a touchdown. And then week two, of course, he was he was um, 24 of 38, as a matter of fact, Pauly, and for 286 yards. So, I, I mean, he did well in both of those games right there, and the Cardinals won them both. Okay,
3: and we haven't heard from Kyler since before the Kansas City game, but he did the sideline interview with ESPN, and after the Cardinals offense got nine snaps, a trio of three and outs for a grand total of negative one yard, he was pretty honest. He said, quote, we got to clean some stuff up, get some things right. They kicked our butt for the three drives we were out there. It is what it is. We'll be better about it when it counts. And we know his approach, Wolf. He, he doesn't consider it real. So you're just not going to get much <laughs> buy-in from him in the first place. You're Yo. just not. So Cliff Kingsbury's given him Saturday night off. Um, the other takeaway, I think, from camp, along with the lack of physicality, would be yours. And I think you probably, maybe the one area we would agree is the advent of increased leadership. And Cliff Kingsbury cited that today.
4: Trending in the right direction. You know, I think the accountability on this team with a lot of the leaders we brought in is, has really um, leveled up, if you will, the J.J.'s. Ronnie Hudson, Cole McCoy. I mean, those guys are guys that do it right all the time, and, and you, you sense that other guys are kind of falling in line.
0: Man, uh, it's not only that, Paulie. It's not only, you know, the fact that they're going out there and they're, they're leading and they're talking about this stuff right here. It's also the fact that in a game, Paulie, what are you going to do if J.J. Watt walks up on you? What are you going to do, Paul? You're going to look away, Polly, you going to act like he's not talking to you, Polly. Well, the when first thing I do is you. I
3: look straight up at him. He's an enormous man, so I probably right, get whiplash Paul. looking straight up.
0: He's going to look at you and say, Paul, what are you doing? You're killing us out here. Pick it up. See, And you know what? What are you going to do, Paul? Are you going to respond to that? Of course you're going to. Re- it's called accountability. This is what leadership is. You play. You play like a mad person. You play harder than anybody else, and you hold yourself to a standard higher than anybody else. And everyone knows it. So that when you walk up on somebody else and look at them and say, you are killing us on this field, we need you. Now, what are you going to do about it? Man, I'll tell you what, you're going to respond in a very, very positive way, for the most part, knowing that this guy holds himself to a standard he'd never hold you to. Paul, accountability is part of leadership.
3: See, and it's exactly what I would tell to the analytics crowd that likes to dismiss leadership. Why? Because they can't quantify leadership. You can't put leadership into a numerical formula, so they dismiss leadership. But you're right, leadership equals accountability. And then accountability hopefully equals equals a team that's going to do something about leading the league in penalties and leading the league in drives stalled by pre-snap penalties. One thing I did like about this camp, if you made a pre-snap penalty, boom, you came out. Yes. You had to come out of the drill in front of all your teammates. Yes. And I like that. In fact, you know what? I'd actually do that in the preseason games if I'm Cliff Kingsbury. If you have a false start, for example, and DJ Humphreys has done it, Rodney Hudson has done it in this preseason, you know what? You come out of the game and your replacement goes in, I think that would really send home a message in the preseason.
0: Right, and anyone who's talking about leadership and not pointing to leadership and not giving leadership its due hasn't moistened a jock in 25 years. That's what I'm going to tell you right now, Paul. So for me, I want to see this game. The thing I'm going to be watching more than anything else when we go to Tennessee, Paulie, here right, lay we on me. go, here baby. Here we go. The More big, big
3: else, thing that Wolf's going to be
0: watching. Look at the line of scrimmage, baby. Paul. The bloody knuckles. That's where it's all going to happen on both sides of the ball, Paul. Offensively and defensively. What are you going to do about it?
3: Well, we're back to disagreeing because the big thing you have to watch is Andy Isabella. Obviously, that's, that's okay, Andy Isabella. Right.
0: Who, well, I've who, got who, other things I'm watching as well.
3: Who, by the way, uh, coach said he needed a big week, and I'm here to tell you he had a big week, and he may or may not have had a big practice today based on whether you can or cannot report on what happened in practice. I'm just saying without saying. Episode 4 of the Dave Pash Podcast, featuring ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes, is available now wherever you get your podcasts. So, the latest updates on the Dave Pash Pod, follow along on Twitter at Pash Pod. Speaking of, Dave Pash will jump in. And we're going to talk to Eno Benjamin. And you could argue that one of the most consistent camp standouts would be the former ASU running back. That is next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Eno Benjamin takes a line drive kick three yards deep in his own end zone, out across the numbers of 10 to 20. He's got a lane at the 30 and then tackled at the 33-yard line. Eno Benjamin, nice vision and a burst. Eno Benjamin the run up the middle. He's got room across the 40 to the 50. He's to the near sideline at the 40, trying to turn on the Jets at the 30, inside the 25. And Eno Benjamin, how about that for the former ASU running back? First and goal from the sixth to give is to Eno Benjamin off the left side. He's got plenty of room to run. And he faults into the end zone untouched. Cardinals touchdown is a cap the drive after the takeaway by the defense eno benjamin cashes it in for six there you go one of the stars of the preseason how about a debut against dallas uh the d in big d standing for you know what Dang, that was impressive. 38-yard run, 6-yard touchdown in that game, and it's been quite a Cardinals camp for our guests. Did you know, Dave Pash? it is a pleasure to have the voice of the Cardinals sitting in on this segment of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Did you know, Dave, if you Google up the name Eno, only Eno Benjamin comes up. (laughs) the one and only eno benjamin joins us right now is that true you know how about famous enos for five hundred dollars who else shares your name that we should know about Eno?
5: Uh, i am not completely sure about that <laughs> there you go it's singular how we doing i'm doing good i appreciate you guys for having me
3: <laughs> how's camp going give us a little uh here you go and uh camp is officially ramped you're going into the final preseason game uh just tell us your thoughts
5: Uh, Really just leaving um, on a high note, um, finishing everything strong, um, finishing every last rep that I get, um, being the last guy um, to leave the meetings, um, just as far as understanding everything, um, just being one of those guys um, in in order to uh, push past this last hump.
2: Does this feel like the NFL this year? I mean, it had to have been very strange for you after dreaming, I'm sure, about playing in the NFL to get there last year and have to be dealing with all the protocols. I know you still have them. But at least there are fans. Does it feel more like you're an NFL player this year,
5: uh, definitely. Um, like you said, unfortunately, last year um, we were hit with a, a COVID, um, and so the season didn't go as planned. As far as I'm um, just having fans in the stadium and just having that 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 atmosphere, that fan feel. Um, and so this year's, I'm um, definitely I'm um, a lot different. Um, we're going back out there. Um, the Red Sea was uh, showing up, and they they were loud these past two weeks, and so it was definitely a great feeling having those uh, having those fans. Yeah, you
3: didn't have the the advantage of preseason games a year ago, as we all. No. just compare and contrast this time a year ago versus now how much more are you playing versus thinking
5: um a lot more um things that i learned in the meeting room i'm no longer having to really think about it on the field it's kind of like second nature um as opposed to last season it was um the mental breakdowns as far as trying to recollect everything that you learned in meeting and then applying it to the field this year um, is definitely a lot more comfortable um, and and, and it's just second nature, like I said. What
2: are the coaches telling you? Are they saying, you know, we're going to keep X amount of running backs so here's what you have to do to make the team? Or is it just about you? Do they say, you know, this is what we need from you? to make the team and how much of that is based on what you do on special teams
5: Uh, more so it's just doing everything that's asked um, to the best of my ability Um, and just really just going um, just knowing that you put your best foot forward and however it plays out um, it will play out Um, but as far as those conversations um, they necessarily don't take place it's kind of um, something that's understood I would say
3: How about your conversation with the GM in the offseason? Eno Benjamin is our guest. It's all about you here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. I know in the Red Sea Report you shared that you met with Steve Kime. Tell us about that and what your takeaways were.
5: Uh, Really just um, that he believes in me as a back. Um, um, It was actually last season. Uh, I wasn't on special teams, and so we were just kind of chopping it up and talking. um, And he he was one of those guys saying he believed in me and that I could uh, do something and help this team here in the future.
3: Interesting. You know, I mean, so tell us about the running back room. Dave mentioned it, right? Here you go. You've had first team reps. We've seen you get quite a bit of action. How do you think this is all going to play out? And is there room for a four running back rotation once the regular season starts to some degree?
5: Um, I honestly could not tell you. Um, I just know um, for me, it's uh, just being just being ready um, for whenever your, your name, your number is called, um, being ready to uh, step on the field and execute whatever is being asked.
2: What are some of the things that you can tell us, and I'm, I'm not necessarily asking you to get deep into the woods on X's and O's, but for the fans that are curious about what the offense is going to look like this year in terms of comparison to last year, what, what what do you think will be different this year?
5: I think there's a lot more playmakers um, everywhere in every position. Um, the guys that were returning from last year, I feel like they're much more um, explosive um, and more uh, f- focused as far as um, their demeanor.
3: You know, I see you guys get into the red zone, and you talk about the playmakers. Now I see an A.J. Green in the red zone, six foot four. I see a Rondell Moore in the slot, how he makes guys miss. You know, I see a James Conner at 235. This is going to be a different team in the red zone, isn't it?
5: Uh, yes, sir. Um, the way I like to think of it is it's more like pick your poison. Um, there's playmakers everywhere lined up on the field, um, and it's just about making it happen.
3: How about you? Has there been a moment in this camp where you go, okay, you know what? I feel like I really belong here. Did, did that happen last year? Has it happened? Is it yet to happen? Have you had that moment?
5: Um, yes, sir. I feel like if you don't have that confidence um, from the jump, then you, you're, you're already losing. Um, that's my mentality. That's my mindset every day that I wake up, um, that I belong here. Um, and I've been waiting for the opportunity um, to do so, and it's now showing.
2: Who is the guy, because you're from close to Dallas, who is the guy that you admired and wanted to be like growing up?
5: Growing up. um, Honestly, I couldn't tell you that there was someone um, that I wanted to be like as far as growing up. sports wise um there's people that i modeled my game after but not too many people that i guess i wanted to be like
2: that's what i meant i meant as a player yeah who who was like the player you said that's the type of player i want to be
5: um really there's a there's a lot of mixes of them um i loved uh des bryant's fire attitude um during the games um he brought something to him he brought juice to the field um i grew up watching i guess you would say um Just like the Marion Barbers um, of of the NFL and stuff like that. Just tough, hard-nosed running guys um, that made things happen. You're the
2: first person I've ever heard say that they wanted to, that they felt that Marion Barber was somebody that they
3: looked up as a player. But I get it because those yeah. were the those were the Cowboys you watched growing up.
2: I get it. Yeah. Yes,
5: did, did
3: I see somewhere you told the media that you studied film or still study film of other running backs?
5: Uh, yeah, um, that's definitely um, one thing that I think helps me in my craft. Um, I feel like you can never be too content with what you do, Um, and you're always learning. Um, Never stop learning, no matter how old you are. Um, And so, little things and tidbits that I could get from people's game um, and add it to my game is one thing um, that I I think that uh, helps me have a competitive advantage over everyone.
3: Who's in the rotation? Whose film have you watched recently or here this year?
5: Um, I would say um, the guys. I mean, I'm even watching the younger guys now, the J.K. Dobbins. Um, I love the stuff that they put on film. um, DeAndre Swift. uh, But um, more so on um, the Saquon Barkleys, um, even Adrian Petersons, st- uh, still at this point. Um, just the things that they're able to do um, with their feet and uh, and stuff like that is, is is tremendously awesome.
2: So when you're studying film, what all you mentioned feet? What all are you looking at? What what all are you studying?
5: Um, um specifically, uh, I guess more so when I'm watching film, I'm watching defenses. Uh, I'm just seeing the type of caliber guys and how they play, but also mostly. Um, Looking and taking the offensive play and then uh, reading the defense um, is one thing that I like to do. Um, Basically having a pre-snap awareness of where the ball should be hitting um, before the ball is even snapped. Um, And then from there, moving pieces as far as um, your eyes, um, your body, and stuff like that. And so those are the kind of things that I watch for when I'm watching film.
3: You know, Benjamin, our guest Cardinals running back, former ASU great, two-time first-team All-Pac-12. When you take that handoff, where do your eyes go? Take us through – because I think a lot of people, they see the line of scrimmage, they just see chaos. What do you see as a running back?
5: Um, so, like I said, it's basically knowing and understanding the play um, and how it's designed to be blocked up. Um, and so, um, from there are your eyes. My eyes then go to the linebackers, and it's basically – playing like I, I, what we say is two-gap. Um, it's like uh, you're here, now you're here, now you're not. Um, and basically trying to maneuver the defensive linemen um, to set up the offensive line's block. Um, and then, uh, therefore, um, uh, you also move the linebacker as well, um, creating then a hole.
2: So when you're watching the linebackers, let's say you're watching the Cardinal linebackers, how much has 25 stood out to you, Zayvon Collins?
5: Oh, uh, He's a playmaker um, on the defensive side. He is... Uh, definitely um, light years above his age as far as experience, um, as far as playing. Um, he is um, a guy who's fully in it and is always making plays um, within the running back.
3: And what, sort of, what kind of growth have you seen out of Isaiah Simmons here in year two?
5: Um, I think Isaiah is just, um, he's playing more confident now. Um, there's not a lot of thinking um, like we were talking about earlier. It's more just instinctual now, knowing where to be, on um, the timing that you've got to be there, and uh, just really having clean eyes as well.
3: And for all the film study and for all the football IQ, there's still that ability, right, that willingness. You have to run into the smoke, as the coaches say, especially if you're the kickoff return man. And so tell us about that and and if you would look forward to that role in the regular season.
5: Oh uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I, I look at it as just running the ball um, as a running back. Um, you've got to be able to trust on their uh, those other guys, um, ten other guys, to do their job, um, and that's one thing that I do. Uh, I do um, as far as trusting them. Um, Coach Rogers has um, specific game plans, and we just all gotta trust it. And one one time, it's gonna hit. Um, I would love love to be back there um, during season, uh, returning kicks.
3: So, when you're in the running back room, I think you had mentioned James Connor is someone who's helped you quite a bit, and and I know how close you are with Chase Edmonds. Just tell us about what sort of influence they've had on your game here in year two.
5: Uh, just really, I would say, um, just how to even like just carrying yourself um, as a vet guy. He's uh, I think in year five, and so you just see how he moves and. Um, how he acts and stuff like that and that's something that i really um I, I really watch and just the conversations we have as far as just life after football family and stuff like that um definitely means a lot um just having someone like a big bro um in the room just to look up to and just talk to um, about things even outside of football and
3: as we wrap it up here with Eno benjamin Dave mentioned you're from outside Dallas. I see Wiley, Texas listed as your hometown, and I automatically think Friday Night Lights. You know, I mean, I see 7,500 yards rushing in high school, 111 touchdowns. Tell us about that. Was this sort of the epitome of the Friday Night Lights scene?
5: Um, I mean, definitely. Um, I think Texas definitely has the uh, best football um, in the in the country. Um, So just going out there every every Friday night, just going out there, being able to compete um, with the guys that. that you sweated and grinded with um, all throughout the off season and summer. Um, And so just going out there um, and playing for one of the best, I think, high schools um, also in Texas um, as well. So um, it was quite fun to do that, and I definitely miss um, that experience.
2: Well, best of luck. We hope you make the team so that everybody knows your name because I've heard so many people call you Benjamin Eno instead of Eno Benjamin.
3: <laughs> no. Hopefully th- I've on. heard that. Hopefully that will stop and everybody's going to know your name <laughs> no.
2: by the end of 2021. Yes, sir. Maybe I that's Ky-
3: Maybe that's Kyler saying that because I'm thinking he's going to take exception with your characterization of you having the best. Uh, you know Dallas area high school I you know I'm I'm guessing he's not on board with that since he went to Allen high school
5: no definitely not Um, we we kind of joke because uh, the two high schools there's two high schools in Wiley and um, they actually split Um, and before then um, Allen and Wiley were always going at it and so I told him if we were to have stayed one school we definitely would have been beating them year in and year out for sure (laughs)
3: That's good. Eno, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. All the best this season. Thanks, man.
5: Appreciate you guys for having me.
3: All right, there you go. Cardinals running back Eno Benjamin. Once again, the first Cardinals draft pick out of ASU since Pat Tillman, 1998. We roll on with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert right after this.
2: Shotgun snap to Mahomes, hands it off. No running room off the right side. In fact, a loss of two on the play. Zabin Collins, the first guy there.
4: Personally, missed too many tackles. Uh, had a big misplay down the middle. There's some things that we got to clean up from a not really a, uh, you know, assignment standpoint, but uh, just kind of a um, basic football standpoint, like tackling, uh, and I'm a big part of that. We've we got to do better in that aspect.
3: As for our post game radio interview, Wolf, I know you were listening with Dave Pash up in the booth, and I'd love to get your takeaways. That was Zavin Collins after the Kansas City game. And let me just share with you what you couldn't see. On radio. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Top of the hour, by the way. Don't forget, Cardinals flight plan drops. Yep. Tick tock. YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. Kyler Murray mic'd up in this one. So, real good stuff. Top of the hour Cardinals flight plan. And there was Zavin Collins getting back to Zaven and after that Kansas City game. And, and it was just the mannerisms. It was the body language. It was the fact he was somewhere between deep in thought and despondent. Wolf, he kept focusing on what he did wrong. There was a lot to like, but there was a lot that he cited he didn't like. And to me, that just showed a lot of maturity, because Think of guys who are drafted in the first round and they're given the keys to the defense and they get the big contract. A lot of guys feel like, okay, I'm arrived, I've arrived, I'm bulletproof. And that was definitely not him. He, he he's he's critical of his own play. And you tell me, I think that's going to go a long way in his no, career. No,
0: ding, 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 you win the prize, Paulie. There's no doubt about that. Listen, I, I had the opportunity, Paul, and I've told you this story many, many times, but I had the opportunity when I went out to the Pro Bowl in 1986 and 1987 to sit next to Walter Payton. Walter Payton in his locker was right there, Paulie, And, you know, Walter Payton... um, maybe the greatest running back of all time. To me, he is the greatest running back of all time because of not only what he did with the ball, but what he did without the ball. You go back and watch Walter Payton in blitz pickup. Oh, he just hammer linebackers that, that came and tried to pass rush the quarterback. So I look at Walter Payton. I just picked his brain over and over and over again, especially that first year in 1986. And in Paulie, I'll never forget, he told me, I don't want to hear about you know how many yards I had in this game and how many touchdowns I scored. All I could think of, Wolf, is the, the failed plays, the mm. negative plays. That's what he focused on. He focused on his failures, not his successes, and it drove him, Paulie. And I think this is exactly the, the characteristic that I love about Zayvon Collins.
3: Yeah, because in that post-game interview, you're right. I kept asking him about plays he made, and he was more focused on the plays he didn't make. Yes. And, and, and you saw a kid really improve and grow through the course of camp. In fact, we'll hear from Zayvon Collins momentarily, but Cliff Kingsbury on an almost daily basis was fielding questions from the media. Not only Zayvon Collins, but obviously his running mate, Isaiah Simmons, who's in year two. Here's Cliff Kingsbury and what they can learn from that Kansas City game.
4: I thought they they took a step forward um, from week one, and that's a really good offense. They create a lot of misdirection, do different things to put people in space, and I thought it was good for them to see that type of speed, that type of tempo from one of the best offenses in the league. And, yeah, I guess the biggest thing is they took a a good step from week one to, to week two.
3: I mean, think about it. They got to go against Patrick Mahomes for nearly a half. Yeah. I mean, in today's preseason, that's unheard of. They played most of their starters, minus Tyreek Hill. They went against Kansas City's first-team offensive line to halftime. So, To me, if you're looking for valuable reps, it doesn't get much more valuable than that in today's NFL.
0: Yeah, Paulie, listen, I think these young bucks are going to be game-changers, but they have to develop and go through the process of learning the game, I think, at the highest level. I, I believe, Paulie, they will, but... They have a lot of reps to record before they get there. Their, their eyes, for the most part, Polly just all over the place, especially uh. Isaiah Simmons. Zavin was over-aggressive, I thought, somewhat out of control at some points. He overran multiple plays and misplayed others. As a matter of fact, missed tackles were a problem. But listen, these two are only going to get better. They need reps. They need exposure, Paul, to the NFL.
3: And look, to your point, maybe yet another reason why Jordan Hicks is out there in that three inside linebacker package, right? Yes. Why they have that defense that's more akin to a 4-3. You get the high IQ of a Jordan Hicks, not to mention he's looked great in camp so far, but you remove any sort of coverage liabilities of a Jordan Hicks that's now Isaiah Simmons role primarily and then Zayvon Collins who is able to run uh, pretty well as a rookie so there's that but yeah there's still a lot to go and you know Tennessee's going to come out in week one and they're going to target these guys just like Kyle Shanahan targeted Isaiah Simmons from the get-go in that Niners opener a year ago so Zayvon Collins was talking about you know what the whole fine-tuning process before the regular season I think of it as, you know, you have a whole bunch
4: of knobs that you got to tune, right? And then under each one of those big ones, there's a billion little ones. And see right now, we're fine-tuning stuff. We're on that fine-tune to where you got to be perfect whenever you go into that game one.
0: So this is a good learning point to fine-tune our skills, mm-hmm. fine-tune our adjustments, all that stuff going into week one. Yeah, it really is going to be so fascinating to me, Paulie, going into that first game against the Tennessee Titans. We've been talking about it all offseason, but once again, the Titans are a power personnel group. That's what they're going to do in rundown situation. They'll have two wide receivers out there, and they're going to be really, really good wide receivers that they're going to have out there, but they like 12 personnel with two tight ends. They like three, uh, 13 personnel with three tight ends. They'll They'll go with a fullback from time to time. They're going to have... Power personnel groups out there, and they're going to hammer the line of scrimmage. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to use play action to throw it. And this is going to be the challenge for Zavin Collins and Isaiah Simmons. And guess what? The Minnesota Vikings, pretty much the same way with Delvin Cook as their running back and run down situation and using play action. The first two weeks of the season, man, they're going to get a
3: baptism by fire. Can I, can I just speculate? Okay, Wolf, you, you, tell me if I'm wrong, and I know you will. You know what's going to be easier? You're wrong, Paul. In the regular season for Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons? What? Is the tempo. Nobody goes as fast as the Cardinals' offense. They get on the ball so quickly, especially in practice. Man, right? They're in practice, and they're getting on the ball so quickly. Next snap, next snap. You can't even get the ball off that quickly in a regular season game because there's personnel changes and or the referee is standing over the ball and won't let you snap it until everything settles down a little bit. But not in a Cardinals practice. I mean, they go team. And Kyler and company, they are just moving and getting on the ball. And that's just accelerating everything that Zayvon Collins has to consider. Well, guess what? That's going to slow down quite a bit when they go against Tennessee and Minnesota.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Paulie. It really is. And it also is a good point about the Jordan Hicks thing. Because once again, if you're playing all those power personnel groups, you might want those three linebackers on the field together, right? You might want to take Isaiah Simmons and move him to that outside linebacker Across from Chandler Jones, you might want to have Jordan Hicks on the inside with Zayvon Collins, and maybe allow Jordan Hicks to actually make some of those calls or check exactly what it is that Zayvon Collins is doing out there in rundown situation. I I, I think that honestly, we've seen that personnel group from time to time throughout this training camp, and I think it's it's specifically something that Cardinals are trying to develop for Tennessee.
3: Can I ask you this? Does it also, does it also emphasize what Isaiah Simmons does best right now? And that is, he plays better in space than he necessarily does in the box. Yeah, and yeah. it gets him outside the box a little bit, and it lets him run down guys like McCole Hardman on that third nine, right?
0: Paulie, he is a space cowboy, as we like to say, right? He is. I mean, with with all due respect to Steve Miller, okay, in his band, he is a space cowboy, Isaiah Simmons the gangster of love. Some people call him Maurice, as a matter of fact, Paul. But this guy does have the ability to make plays in space. And I think that Vance Joseph is going to try to get him in those areas and, and give him that opportunity.
3: What do you think it's going to look like? with J.J. Watt. We see him in practice this week. Chandler Jones, we presume he's coming back. We supposedly were going to see him in practice this week. We did not see 55. You have those two along with the inside linebackers and now, from all indications, Wolf, one of my other big takeaways from from Cardinals Camp 2021, the number is four. You have four legitimate cornerbacks with the emergence of Marco Wilson. So, all told, give me a big picture takeaway on how you think this defense balls this year.
0: Yeah, Paulie, you know, again, so much of it, I think, has got to do with those two young guys those two young bucks in the middle right there and how they develop based on what i've seen i love the physicality of zavin collins i love the athleticism and the playmaking ability of isaiah simmons but paul they got to go out and show that they can be reliable you have to know what you need to do before you can even try to do it so those two young guys once again i think hold the key now listen when you're talking about a pass rush, if we can get into third and obvious pass situations, third and eight, third and nine plus somewhere in there, Paulie. Now all of a sudden, oh my goodness, you've got that pass rush with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, and don't forget about Jordan Phillips if he is health if if he is healthy on the inside. You got that pass rush now with corners on the outside, Paulie, and you mentioned. You mentioned a fourth corner in Marco Wilson. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, what do we have here with this young guy who seems to be developing by leaps and bounds? Paul, the combination of a good pass rush and good corners, very, very good thing in the NFL.
3: And you know what? He's so good, I don't think he's even the fourth corner anymore.
0: Oh, Paulie.
3: I'm dead serious. Are you
0: serious right now? Dead
3: serious. Well, Well, I'll tell you this much. Robert Alford isn't available because he's on the COVID list that Cliff Kingsbury confirmed today. So he has been vaccinated so he can return in as soon as five days if he has two negative tests 24 hours apart. That's the deal there. Cliff Kingsbury also said you mentioned Jordan Phillips. He hopes Justin Pugh and Jordan Phillips come off the COVID list on Monday. Please. So we'll see about that. Hey, uh, choose the seat options that best fit your needs. Season ticket, single game, group tickets, club level seating, and more. Go to azcardinals.com tickets for more information. All right, what is Ron Wolfley going to be watching? He is going to New Orleans tomorrow. What's going to be on the list to watch against the Saints? And we'll talk about the guy who was supposed to have a big week. Did he? That is next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Kyler Murray's got the ball, drops back to throw. A lob pass, right
2: corner of the end zone, on the money to Andy Isabella for the touchdown. What a pass by Kyler Murray, and you see the confidence of Andy Isabella soaring for the Cardinals. Rose strong, grasshopper. Snap to Murray, rolls right, throws right, Isabella caught it and he stumbles, dives, and in, touchdown. Andy Isabella with his second touchdown catch of the day.
0: One step up the field and then wham,
2: run that out. He chucked the DB. He met the press and he threw him out of the way.
3: That was the Lions game, week three. He had the two touchdown catches, 13 yards, four yards, coming off the week two game against Washington. Remember that? Andy Isabella, 54-yard catch, and then he had that slant behind him. He caught it with his hands, right? He opened up the hips, and and he had a great start to last season, but... By the end of the season uh, he wasn't getting many reps he wasn't dressing and i think dave said a very important word there confidence Mm -hmm. it is the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford paul calvisi and ron wolfley and and wolf we've talked to andy isabella and look he's one of the most popular guys on the team and for good reason we love andy isabella but he has mentioned himself has he not confidence and it's so key
0: Yeah, no, Paulie, you're right about that. Andy Isabella, this I do believe was a big week for him right now, and I do think that this game is going to be important. I don't think it's as big, possibly, for him as it was before this week of practice, but I still think the New Orleans game is going to be big if, in fact, he gets a lot of reps, and I would expect him to get an awful lot of reps, Paulie. But he's had a very good week of practice right now. I do believe that he's probably made this team if he goes out and just shows what he's been doing all week against the New Orleans Saints on Saturday, I think he'll be fine.
3: Yeah, and you're not kidding about the importance of this week. Here was Cliff Kingsbury to the media.
4: I'd say it's a big week. I mean, he hasn't had preseason action yet, and that's important um, to see how he, he responds in the game, and I expect him to play a lot on
3: Saturday. And to your point, he absolutely responded in practice this week. In fact, I can just tell you without telling you, he caught – Clef Kingsbury's eye twice today in the final practice and he had a lot of his teammates giving him a lot of high fives so uh, there's no doubt uh, I expect him to get a lot of reps there's no doubt I expect him to make the team yeah do you
0: yeah no I'm with you on that Paulie I really do I think he's he, I think he's made this team right now listen to the thing about Andy Isabella that's so difficult, Polly, you got your rookie year, right? Your rookie year, and then you have that off-season, your rookie year, Pauly. That's kind of a big deal right there, right? That that yep. first season right there. Well, as a rookie, you basically can't slap your cheek with either hand for the most part. And then, Pauly, you get that second year offseason. Well, did he have a second year offseason, Pauly? Did he have one? You know, no, he did not. I just Andy Isabella, now all of a sudden he's in training camp, and look what happens. A COVID protocol, not once, but twice. I know this guy can't get a break when it comes to his development.
3: And you know what else? I think the Arizona Cardinals want to see him get a full season under his belt with his new position coach, Sean Jefferson. Yes. I think that's going to be key. They want to see, okay, how can Sean Jefferson develop and Andy Isabella, the former second-round pick, and I'll tell you what, based on this week, So far, so good. In fact, I asked Cliff Kingsbury today in the presser about Andy Isabella, and he said, and I quote, you know what? He's got a really big chip on his shoulder after missing 15 days. He's a guy who works hard at his craft, and you can tell he was mad to miss those days, end quote. And you know what? He played like it today in practice. So I would concur with that. Now, here's my question. That receiver room, as we talk about what you're going to watch on Saturday night against the Saints, is there room for a seventh receiver? If we agree the top six are decided, is there room for a Greg Dorch or an Antoine Wesley to crash that party?
0: On the practice squad, you better believe it, Paulie. That's why, you know what? Hey, Dorch, come here for a minute. You got a minor thing going on right now, buddy. I want you to know you got a minor thing. You ain't going to be playing on Saturday night because you got something real minor. Uh, You know, Paulie, I mean,
3: honestly. Hashtag fishy fishy, is that what you're saying? I'm
0: just saying right now this is – This is something that happens. You you walk up to a player in training camp, hey, what hurts on you? Well, you know what, this, this, and this. Well, you know what, it hurts a lot more than you think. You know, Paul, I mean, honestly, this goes on in the National Football League all the time, of course. So I would expect that with Dorch because he does look real
3: good. What about the tight end room? I mean... You, you you figure that most decisions are made going into the final preseason game, but what about tight end? Where are you? How many mm. will they keep? I, I, to what degree are they looking at the waiver wire uh, come August 31st? What do you think?
0: I, I think a lot, Pauly. I think, honestly, I think they're good with Max Williams as their starter, and I love that too yep. because he's more physical than anything else, Pauly. He can help you out in the passing game as well, but he's more physical. I love that. Uh, Darrell Daniels as well. I think he's a pretty good and willing blocker as a move tight end he's really got to work on his hands though he dropped he had a lot of drops in training camp he's got to do better than that um you know they've yeah, got yeah. after that yeah, paul
3: yeah. demetrius harris was signed he, he has definitely flashed i don't know if he gets a final 53 spot yeah you know do I they don't know
0: if they keep three paul
3: Right, just like do they keep three quarterbacks how big is right. Saturday night for Chris Strebler? Man,
0: I know, right? Exactly. I, I think they do. I think they keep three. I think they keep two tight ends, Pauly, and then we'll see where they pick and choose. Are they going to keep 10 offensive linemen? Maybe it's just nine offensive linemen they'll use, but we'll see because I think there's going to be some type of action in that tight end room after
3: the waiver wire. Yeah, does a Sean Harlow, for example, crash that offensive line room? What about defensive line? You're not going to let a Michael Dogby go, are you? He's gotten rave reviews and high grades from the coaches so far. If Michael Dogby is cut, he will sign immediately with another NFL team in their final 53.
0: Yeah, that's going to be good, Paulie. Where do you put, to where do you hide Michael Dogby? <laughs> that is the thing, right? Well, another I minor thing? I, I think you're just going to have to have, no, I think he's made this team. I, I think he's going to be in the rotation. I think he's going to be one of the six defensive lineman they keep.
3: Where else? Anything else you want? What about that third running back? You have a battle. Jonathan Ward, Eno Benjamin, our guest earlier. And I figure you're keeping all four just because now Eno plays special teams. He might be your main kickoff return guy, but right. what about the rotation? Can Eno... Man. Can he eclipse Jonathan Ward because Ward beat him out a year ago?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, Paulie, what the answer is to that, but I love what I've seen from Eno Benjamin this preseason, not only with the ball in this offense, but also what we've seen on kickoff returns. I, you want to talk about running into the darkness. He's definitely doing that. I love what Eno Benjamin has flashed on teams, and uh, I think, once again, this is just me, I think Eno Benjamin has made this team.
3: And you know what? To me, you don't want to risk a Rondell Moore on kick returns. You just don't. Wolf, I was talking to a veteran player yesterday in camp, and number four, the new number four, walked by, and he changed the subject immediately, and he said, see that kid? Yeah. He's going to be real good. Real good, Paulie. And this is a senior member of that locker room. And you know, players no players. There is a big buzz about Rondell Moore. I'll just leave it at that.
0: I love it because his heart, the intangibles, his brain, that's really what makes him special. And yet at the same time, don't let it go to your head, Rook. Go do it.
3: All right, next stop for Wolf, some gumbo. Special thanks Eno Benjamin, Dave Pasch, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher. I'm Paul Calvisi. For Ron Wolfley, this has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Ciao!